Just when you thought you were out, we pull you back in. This is And Justice for Al, brought to you by InRealDeep.com and Tazini Media. I'm Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with us, as always, is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Steve. Welcome to our bonus episode, a Tomless episode. <laughs> the greatest joy you could have is not having. No, Tom, I'm kidding. You're great. We It wouldn't be the same without you. Uh, it's certainly more joyful than uh, watching Devil's Advocate again. <laughs> We've already did a whole 44 minutes on that, Andrew. We don't need to go back into that well. Yeah, 44 minutes. Why? I, I'm just mystified at this point. Like, I remember like drawing up the list of movies we want to do, but like every one we've chosen has been over two hours, I think, except for Danny Collins. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's been painful. The worst one was the only short one, weirdly enough. Yeah, that's maybe that's why Tom likes it the best. It was the shortest. <laughs> it is weird. Al definitely doesn't skimp, or, or his directors don't skimp on their movie time. Maybe because they're paying $14 million to get Al in their movie. They, they think they better make it at least two hours and ten minutes. Yeah. Get their money's worth. Yeah, or as you pointed out for The Devil's Advocate, it was you know 40 minutes of Al and a bunch of other fluff, but maybe <laughs> uh, stretch it out to get all the Al you possibly can. And it made $150 million, so mm-hmm. who are we to we to critique yeah the free market has spoken we know the free market is always right <sighs> well you know who else has spoken andrew is the fine people at the kennedy center uh-huh. and they've given the great alfredo pacino an award and that's what we're here to talk about is the award that al received recently which is airing very soon on television and it's the kennedy center honors and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about also the accompanying Washington Post feature that ran alongside his award receiving, and the insights it provided into the great Al Pacino's career as sort of a little bonus episode for you guys. And we highly recommend you Google Al Pacino Washington Post mm-hmm. and read along with us as we go through this amazing story, because it is, it's well-written and interesting, and it also highlights what a weird dude Al Pacino is in a lot of ways. <laughs> Uh, it's also worth it just for the the image at the top of the article alone, which is like a caricature, not a caricature of Al, but a drawing of him. And it's like red behind him, and it's it's hilarious. I have it saved on my phone, so I can bust it out whenever <laughs> I need to. Now it's one of like the newest pictures. Uh, that's great. That's great. Uh, which I should mention the 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 airing of the Kennedy Center honors were held December fourth. But mm-hmm. they will air December 27th at 9 p.m. on CBS. So uh, everyone with an antenna on their TV should be able to should be able to view it. Yeah, so there you go. So if you're interested now, it's uh, it's coming up. Get cool. ready. I know I'm going to be watching because as Al fan number one on nrealdeep.com, it's, it's basically my civic duty. My dad would punch me in the face if he found out I didn't watch. <laughs> At least DVR'd and fast forward to the Al parts. Oh, you guys will probably be together. You can watch it together. That's true. It'll be, yeah, it'll be a Christmas miracle. Mm-hmm. Home watching Al with the family, the Samino family. I can't quite believe that we, we, that this happened in the year that we decided, well, year plus soon, uh, that we decided <laughs> to, um, decided to do a, an Al Pacino dedicated podcast series. 
but uh you know it's perfect timing we nailed it we couldn't have nailed it better and and the people have spoken these episodes are some of our most downloaded episodes so a little glimpse behind through the looking glass people love al pacino even though he's 76 years old and it's 2016 is that why people are downloading the podcast i don't i don't i can't speak to why i just tell you what the numbers are and they make me feel good because it shows that there's still interest out there for mr pacino you probably need to do like a focus group or something see, <laughs> yeah see we why. should gather everybody Let's see why i mean if it's an ironic hipstery sort of appreciation of al then we're gonna have to our next our next podcast series will have to be similar in, in like selection and tone yeah well irony's in the eye of the beholder i'm just happy you people are clicking download and you're joining us on this journey with that's al pacino how, the kennedy center man himself that's how we make all our, our content decisions on the site is you know what would appeal to the most people not yeah, not what just makes us laugh <laughs> of course Mm-hmm. it's a happy accident when it works out so well mm-hmm. so andrew what did you so this al pacino this is about i would say a couple thousand words on al yep. it's um written very recently it does it talks it does a little bit of a dive into current day al but it mostly focuses on you know his his run in the 70s which even you and even tom would admit is one of the most historic runs an actor has ever had in at least at least in cinema and it really it sort of i think there's a little insight we both gleaned on why this dude is the way he is why he sort of is a little bombastic why he started taking such shitty roles why he's just sort of seems like a an outrageous man child a lot of the times yeah. i think there's some light has been shed on all of those topics to a certain extent i think that was like the the most interesting part that that sort of stuck with me was the man child bit um <laughs> you know he's he's like famously like never been married he was with uh Bever- beverly d'angelo for a while uh of uh let's see vacation fame yeah. mainly that's it entourage um, fame right uh <laughs> if you can call that fame um and uh but like the the uh, karen heller who wrote the article sets the scene of like his his house now in LA. And for some reason, like I never would have guessed that it was like this, but it made perfect sense when I read, you know, that he's basically got like gym equipment and dress shoes, like all over his house. And he only cares about sports. And then there's this great part where he talks about Elizabeth Taylor coming to his house and cooking spaghetti. And, and Elizabeth Taylor would go, how's that boy doing? Did he get help around the house? Cause he needs all the help he can get. And it turns out that the boy was 40. Uh, she was saying this. <laughs> so he is like 40, a millionaire already beloved in his field. Yeah. It's, it's just weird to me. Like, why not hire like a housekeeper or something, you know, but Elizabeth Taylor was probably like his, could have been like his grandma at that point too. <laughs> yeah. Why is she coming over and doing any of that? It's so interesting. But they say, Al, the ladies love Al. I think that's, that's a pretty strong consensus throughout is yeah. ladies like him. They list off a laundry list of his, uh, conquests or his partners at the very least they're not a, not the best list you've ever seen but i mean he's a short little you know weird dude like it's it's still pretty pretty impressive and, he, and everyone loves him apparently no one ever he doesn't get his exes all seem to enjoy him doesn't seem like there's a lot of conflict he seems like the kind of man who who avoids and thrives on not creating conflict yeah uh, that that was interesting as well i'm just like i don't know i'm just i'm just wondering like it's just, it's just strange. I don't know. Like the whole, it's, it's like he, it, I, 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 I'm saying this unironically. It's like, he's super dedicated to his acting career and always has been. And, uh, and you know, 
it's like he can't it seems like he can't almost like keep focused on anything else yeah <laughs> which is and it sort of speaks to when you're like a successful actor or actress or just successful in any field to the extent where you are adored and, and extremely rich you're sort of enabled you don't have to take care of anything else you know you don't have to learn how to clean up after yourself because you have the money and you have the the adoring whoever's to help you out and i think that's it's sort of sad in that sense like yeah. it's for a 76 year old man who's accomplished all the things he has it doesn't seem like he's killing it exactly i mean obviously he's very famous and has done some great work but i don't know if i'd call his life uh it doesn't come off as like extremely positive and happy it sort of seems like he's here and is just sort of plowing ahead the only way he knows how yeah but i I guess what's interesting to me about that is like it's not it's clear that he's not like pursuing fame you know if that Mm -hmm. makes sense um which is kind of nice right like he's not like i don't know he's 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 dedicated to his craft. I I do think it's like strange that he wouldn't just like, even though he has the money to like have people take care of his problems, like he wouldn't just hire like a housekeeper to keep his dress (laughs) shoes from getting like all over the place. But I don't know. I mean, uh, the only other thing I want to say is like, I really now like desperately want to have a woman who's attracted to Al Pacino on the podcast. Cause I, I want to, I want to understand. I mean, I guess maybe like, like Michael Corleone, Al, Al Pacino. I, I guess I can see that. Yeah. Uh, but seems yeah, like he's, I mean, doing, he's been doing all right since then, too. So I mean, he's all personality. So even though he's, he's a shrimp and he's, you know, kind of kind of odd, he's he certainly is bombastic, at least in his, his acting performances. So I can see that sort of thing drawing, drawing people to him, sort of like a magnet. Yeah. Like when he says in the article... Talk is therapy. Everything's therapy. I've been in therapy my whole life. <laughs> Which he definitely yeah. said in the Al Pacino uh, loud yeah. devil's advocate voice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that he apparently wears um, the, like a suit sort of as like a, a jacket, like a suit jacket as like a literal jacket on top of his, his baggy t-shirts and his baggy pants and like his big rings. Like it sounds like he dressed in like weird hobo wizard attire like he is <laughs> like like a like a, sort of like a child like he's in he wears like nice clothes on top of his childish clothes and just sort of that's just the way he walks around <laughs> like that makes perfect sense to me i can see that very clearly in my mind's eye it sounds like somewhere well it sounds like the way he dressed in david collins which would probably or danny david collins danny collins which would probably lend credence to the idea uh that you know he wasn't acting at all in that movie yeah um, <laughs> Which was a hypothesis posed on this very show. <laughs> but he also looks like when you, they describe him like that. I think I said this on the Danny Collins podcast. Like he he sounds like a cross between Johnny Depp and Stephen Van Zant, basically. Yep. And I mean Stephen Van Zant in the E Street Band, not Stephen Van Zant from The Sopranos. Sure, of course, um, the real man. Obviously. We're both ridiculous people. And <laughs> yes. I just I just finished a Bruce Springsteen uh, biography, the autobiography, yeah. and they talk about Steve Van Zandt. He's he's a ridiculous rock star dude, and you can say I definitely think that's a really good comparison for Al. Do you think he has dress shoes piling up in the corner of his his home? <laughs> he's married, so I bet his wife keeps a cleaner house than Al does. Al doesn't have anybody to really help him it's out true. with that. It's true. Elizabeth Taylor is, is passed on, unfortunately. So yeah. He's yeah. wanting for assistance. Yeah, like yeah, not like she had uh, anything else to do. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor, <laughs> yeah, the super like, famous like Hollywood starlet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. thought it was interesting. There was also some some talk about his career, and they didn't get obviously it was it was a glowing you know puff piece essentially, so it didn't dive too deep into anything. But it did mention that some of his recent poor choices 
might have not been might have been for his hand might have been forced by uh, some really bad investments and some not even bad investments just trusting the wrong people with his money and an accountant who went to jail yeah which is interesting and potentially explains uh, the movies he's in now <laughs> they cited jack and jill specifically <laughs> but i mean he's again we've, we've talked about his imdb a ton it's pretty gross and yeah. it's it would it would it makes me feel a little better not better because it must be sad to be in your 70s and be you know I, I like to think that he has a idea that he's making schlocky crap and is going along with it anyway because it's probably more fun than doing anything else when you're that age if you were forced to work but it does suck that he you know it does taint your legacy and we've talked about this a bunch to a certain extent when you tack on a bunch of crap at the end of you know such a such a string there of successes throughout the decades just the the the, the 2000s and the 2010s have been have been sad for him and and it's sad to think that he he's not just doing that because of choice well, I mean, in fairness to him, he's he's definitely a better actor than uh, than Nicolas Cage, who has basically found himself in the same financial position and <laughs> seems to make like infinite. I think worse that's through movies. that's through buying a bunch of castles, though, right? Yeah, well, castles. yeah, and like the original Superman comic, and like I think like dinosaur fossils and yeah, some Elvis stuff, like Elvis stupid stones. But I guess there's a there's like some karmic justice in, in that, but uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's amazing that he still makes five to seven million a movie too. Like that's, I would not have assumed that he still commanded that kind of check. But I guess if you get Al Pacino's name on, I guess you're guaranteed to at least put it on Netflix or basic cable and have people tune in at some point. So um, it still must carry enough cachet around the industry to get that kind of money. It got three suckers to watch Danny Collins. That's for sure. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> one of and the, do a whole year's podcast about him. <laughs> one of the other anecdotes I really enjoyed um, was the the bit about how he doesn't um, he he doesn't every time he goes to do a movie and he has to like play a violent character he has to ask someone how to how to actually use a gun, <laughs> which I think I, I I'm not sure I fully believe that at this point because he's been in so many movies where he probably has to use a gun, mm-hmm. but um but that is that is amusing to me and probably also a tribute to like his his acting prowess that uh that he's like so often a cold-blooded killer yeah uh, or at least just a cop or anything you know it's kind of hard to imagine him showing up to scarface like at the end and they're like <laughs> so you're going to shoot this thing like 100 million times <laughs> and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, that's what explain why he hardly burned his hand, like that story goes. Yeah, and that's right. It is shut down shooting because he didn't right. know what the hell he's going on. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's really interesting to read about. And and a big there's a chunk at the end that, that talks about all the things he has been offered and I guess turned down or or ultimately just didn't get, which is a laundry list of, of crazy movies. I was aware of a few of them. I knew that uh Star Wars and I think I knew that Kramer vs. Kramer were were Pacino potential movies, but also Days of Heaven, Taxi Driver, Die Hard, Pretty Woman. Like I can't picture. I mean, I guess Taxi Driver just because it's uh, De Niro. No, but no. I mean, the rest of them are real. Die Hard would be a I, that would be the worst movie ever without. <laughs> that would be dog shit. He just play the same character from Heat. Um, the <laughs> uh, t- pretty woman's pretty hard to imagine too. No, yeah. ta- Taxi Driver sticks out, but I, I think that is like, I think that one of the things I've sort of come around to because we've con- compared Pacino and De Niro so often on this podcast as uh, no surprise that that's happened 
is that I think they're really different actors. Like they they bring different strengths to the table. Mm-hmm. And like I just did Taxi Driver for uh, for the site for Film One Hundred One, and like we've talked a lot about how Al can only, only Al could have really done this role, and I feel like almost the same way about uh, about Taxi Driver. It's 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 a much subtler performance than than Pacino usually gives. Although I guess you know The Godfather. The Michael Corleone performance is is certainly subtler in tone, but I think the Michael Corleone character is is like subtle and quiet until he's not, and then it's like an explosion. Whereas like yeah. Travis Bickle is just like crazy and one note and weird the whole time, you know. So I, that's an interesting one. I don't see them as interchangeable parts uh, at all um, in that sense. So yeah, I think I think Al again. I think Al has. I think De Niro can play, I mean, not anymore as an old man, obviously, but I think in, he could play, you know, the blank stare, crazy dude, you know, whether it's like Goodfellas where he's like a charming crazy dude or Taxi Driver where he's, you know, nuts. I don't think, I think Pacino is, I I, I think like from what I said earlier, I think he's a sort of a magnetic force sometimes and it it sort of limits him and his ability to, to drop that and just be sort of a, a blank, empty, creepy slate. I think Al would just have. Even if he had played it subtly, uh, yeah, I think it would have been a, a big old mess. So, quite a different movie. Uh, <laughs> quite a different yeah. movie. Well, I think Pretty Woman with Al would be pretty interesting, though. Like, I would, uh, I would really, I think of all the ones, I'd like Star Wars would just be a nightmare, but Pretty Woman would be kind of fun. Yeah, well, it would definitely be fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just a little These hard to imagine. Fun. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 Well. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say fun on Taxi Driver and Star Wars and even Die Hard because those are like that would be like ruining classic movies. But yeah, like, that's true. I don't consider Pretty Woman a classic personally. So. No, no. So. I, that's why I think it would be that, that's one. I think t- we could all agree it would be interesting to see that tinkered with a little bit. Yeah. If we yeah. could trail back in time. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the last thing I wanted to mention, too, is that the the you know, this is a great story to read if you've been listening to the podcast because it com- we were so happy we were like tickled pink when we saw it was coming out it was such a delight well and not only that but the story itself like goes into pretty much every one of the movies i mean they even mentioned donnie brasco in there mm-hmm. um and uh but like i love the part in the very near the beginning where they talk about you know it's i i sort of knew that he was you know that he was close to being fired from the godfather but i didn't know that the Salazzo scene which is like my favorite scene in the movie pretty much well that and the hospital scene where he's like you know, there's tension there but anyway those are my two favorite scenes mm-hmm. and like I'm so glad they brought up the Salazzo scene and that that was the one that like sort of kept him in the role because that scene to me encapsulates exactly what I was talking about I think with like Michael Corleone the character which is like Al at his best which is like really cool and calm and collected until he comes out and shoots you in the fucking face yeah you know <laughs> and like the Salazzo scene is like that's 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 his career I mean there's more a lot more to it than that but that's like, no you know, what I think you're of, right I think of it his 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 acting his acting excellence so and that's sort of the first time in Godfather too, when you see Michael get a little like like he looks calm outside, but we've seen him so much and it's so close to his face. He gets all clammy. You can tell he gets really nervous. Like yeah. Al does a great job of of like of 
like this is the thing I don't understand about actors when they're like it's okay. So you're playing Michael Corleone, who's this cool preppy kid who was in the army and thinks he has his shit all figured out. But in this scene, you need to be that, but then also right. be quietly breaking down and going crazy inside because right. you're about to murder two people. Like <laughs> I don't know how you can inhabit another person and and find those subtleties and bring them to life like that. Like that just blows my mind. And I think that really is the first time where you you see this other side of him the like nervous scared and then also angry and murderous uh, and i think that is just a it really is a force and it's i'm glad that it uh kept him with us all these years and got him all the work he gets because it is a masterpiece part that's why he's an american treasure officially that's now. right it's why he's a kennedy center honor <laughs> recipient recipient <laughs> yeah i was yeah. thinking what's yeah. that there you go the recipient of a which is like a rainbow thing with a medal on it i think so that's cute. Yeah, it's it's I don't know, it's a huge honor. I mean, it's it it's, is. It's, it's great. And it was among James Taylor, Mavis Staples, um, the Eagles, minus the Eagles, no one likes, just the Eagles, everybody likes and cares about. <laughs> so he was part of a nice little group there. And I that think be, you know that would be none of the none of the Eagles for me. But that's my hot oh yeah, I don't give a shit about the Eagles either. But they were there and they're they're successful. So <laughs> and it's yeah. gonna be weird as hell to see Donald Trump doing those things uh, if he even does them in the future. Like I can't imagine what that's gonna be like. Ted Nugent, Kennedy Center honoree. <laughs> so. so he gets to control who wins them too. Did Brock pick uh, Al? I don't know. That's a good question. It's <laughs> a good question. I don't know. Any, other, I don't know anything about the Kennedy Center honors. Yeah, me neither. I just know that Al got one. So, yeah. the other thing this reminded me of, which um, is is very fortuitous for us in the future, is that apparently the uh, the Irishman, which is the going to be the third team up of De Niro and Pacino, directed by Martin Scorsese, is coming out. I think next year. I think that's what it implied, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sounds we're gonna have to reunite when this is if we're even done at that point. We can reunite. For, <laughs> I think we should all see it in person and then do a podcast immediately after. Uh, that sounds like a good plan. Boy, Scorsese yeah. is pumping out the movies. I mean, he's got the Silence coming out at the end of this year, right? And then, yeah, and this one's coming up. So and he's helping Al out. That's real. That's nice of him. The least uh, he can do after sure, all these years. Sure, it'll be no righteous kill. <laughs> I'm still going to do a Righteous Kill episode by myself, sitting in my apartment, just talking to no one. <laughs> that is, uh, that's an image. That's a sad, sad, <laughs> sad image. Well, again, if you haven't, uh, and you, I'm sure you have it because most people don't know us, but go to give it a Google and find the story and give it a read. It's a great, like Andrew said, it's a great accompanying piece to mm-hmm. to all the work we've done here. And it really highlights, you know, what a unique person this is. And I'm sure even Tom here, he would agree that, you know, you can love or hate Al, but he's, he's certainly been a force to be reckoned with in cinema for the last 40 years. And yeah. it's interesting to hear about all his little, his little foibles and, and, and tidbits that got it, that build him up to be this person he is now. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw a link in the, in the post on the, on the, yeah, absolutely. Post on our spank, yeah, reading this. spanking new website, hopefully. Yes. There you go. <laughs> We'll get you right to the to the good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you guys so much for listening. Another short episode. We're gonna be back in very very soon, probably after the holidays, with um, and Justice for All, the titular movie that inspired the name of this podcast, and that'll be a fun one. And it's a little more of a renowned one, so I think it's a nice. It'll be a nice respite from the Devil's Advocates and Danny Collins of the world. 
Yeah, we, we've been in a bit of a lull here. Time to get back to some of the some of the good stuff. <laughs> but again, this one's weird as hell too in part. So I'm excited to see and talk about it with you guys. It's got such an '80s feel to it, and and then it's Stone Serious right after that. So it's it's a it's a very eclectic, vacillating type movie. I'm excited. I've never seen it, so this will be, oh, this oh, will be, that's gonna be great. This will be a whole new thing for me. So yeah. there we go. And so we look forward to chatting with you then. And for now, as always, we are one nation under Pacino with liberty and justice for Al.